Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. NAPIP will be hosting the ICRA certification at the upcoming Benefits Pro Expo on May 8th in Atlanta, Georgia. This three-hour course will provide benefits and insurance professionals the training to better advise employers and achieve a higher comprehension level of the ICRA market. Join leading experts Mark Mixer and Annette Bechtold from the HR Council, who will provide a foundational framework and insight as to where ICRAs are best utilized. To learn more about the certification and the conference, visit www.event.benefitspro.com slash BPRO Broker Expo and take advantage of 15% off the full conference registration for NABIT members by using the promo code NABIT15 during the checkout process. Do you own your agency? Are you interested in selling your business or is there a potential acquisition in your future? On last week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Rick Israel joined us to discuss the importance of succession planning in your business. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, I'm joined by NAPIP past president, Beth Ashmore, whose agency in Lubbock, Texas was acquired not too long ago. She is here today to discuss the acquisition and important factors to consider before selling. So welcome to the podcast, Beth. It's great to have such a decorated member of the association on the Healthcare Happy Hour. So before we get into the details of today's discussion, would you mind introducing yourself for our listeners who may not be familiar? Thank you very much for having me. I am very pleased to share some of the thoughts and experiences that we've had. My husband and I have owned our own business prior to acquisition for 36 years. Both of us came from the agency model. My husband worked for Equitable and I worked for Penn Mutual. So we had all of that standard late 70s, early 80s interagency life insurance training. I spent a total of 20 years at the national level combined with Ledge Council activities back in the day when there was no cell phone and no text and no email. So it was either fax or running down the hall. And uh, it was quite an experience in a number of years on Ledge Council and then ran the full gamut with the full 10 years on the Board of Trustees. And uh, it was a real experience. And I must say, just to kind of couch the thread of our conversation this morning, my years in NAHU leadership, particularly NAHU legislation, made our purpose as a small independent agency on really driving the cutting edge and upping our game on the compliance side. So our change from a mom and dad do insurance to a publicly traded company, while there were many, many changes, the compliance piece was not one of the hard ones because of my legislative experience and the focus that our agency always had on being a leader in the the compliance piece. So I wanted to plug NABIP 
Prior Nehu and all of the leaders that help small agencies be on the cutting edge of this industry. One or two quick personal things. We've got six grandkids, three of which are actually legitimate full-grown employees and adults. We've made it that far. The second three are the three little boys, and the jury's still out on those. <laughs> so the littlest one is seven. The oldest one just turned 25. So we've got quite a spread. It's quite an experience. And that's what you fight for. That's absolutely what you fight for. So that's kind of my personal story. Absolutely. Thank you. I know that you attended this year's Capital Conference. I saw you in the recent sixth meeting. Yes. It was really great to see how many first-timers came this year. I know. I was thrilled. That's where you really start making a difference because that's where they get hooked. I attended the very first Capital Conference. When was it? Oh, Lord, I don't even remember the year. It was at a hotel across the river, I think, in Alexandria. And there were 75 of us. Oh, wow. Donna Cornell was president at the time. Donna or Alan. We were running around like chickens with our heads cut off. It was hysterical in hindsight. But to see the growth and the change and the number of attendees and the zeal with which everybody comes and the stories that I've got with all of the friends that you make over the years are just phenomenal. Wouldn't trade for it. So let's talk a little bit more about your business, Ashmore and Associates. So how did you come into owning your business? Both of us in our respective agencies didn't really feel like we were getting the opportunities that we wanted to get. Both Equitable and Penn Mutual back in the early 80s were heavy into the employee benefits side. They actually sold group insurance. And my first year in the business, I sold $38 employee rates. That's how bad it's gotten. And it was all a cost game, which to some degree it still is. But we just wanted more. And so the two of us, Will had a good friend at Equitable and he joined us. So there were three of us in our first iteration of the Ashmore independent trip. And then he went to work for a disability company a few years later. And Will and I had the Ashmore agency. And then we partnered with a bank 14 years prior to our joining Gallagher. And we were 50-50 partners with a regional bank. So we had already been exposed to a lot of the bookkeeping and EBITDA requirements and reporting and things of this nature before we got into the full-blown publicly traded sector. But we just felt like we needed more, more control, more opportunity. So Arthur J. Gallagher and company officially acquired Ashmore and Associates in 2016. So what was the right. buildup to that like? What made you decide that it was time to sell? We were 68 when we finally signed on the dotted line. There are a few bullet points I hope to relay this morning. Don't wait that long is the first one. It was very, very challenging. Because of the partnership with the bank, we had all kinds of fiduciary requirements that needed to be met on both sides of that equation. And so we hired, at the bank's bequest, a consultant out of New York. And hiring a consultant is expensive, and it's a lot of work because you do all the due diligence and all the prep, pushing a solid year before you even get to interviewing with agencies. You're much more prepared, much more prepared. And they've got the open door to all the agency opportunities that you would not have the ability to get, number one. Number two, even though there's expense, they more than made up for it in the sale price because they knew how to tell your story. Does that make sense? It's just like any other sale. You've got to do your homework. You've got to prepare. You've got to put lipstick on the pig, get everything glossy, in order, and ready to go before you even sit down with potential partners. And all that preparation is just like preparing for a sale or a renewal. The more detail and the more prep you do, the better it's going to go. 
but it was a good year for us to get all that stuff done. And I thought I was really hot stuff and very organized. And I found <laughs> that payroll was in one spot and employee files were in another spot. And you know the drill. So getting all of that accumulated and organized in one place so that it would, in the long run, made the acquisition process smoother or a little bit easier than it would have been. I can't stress how important that is. So do your homework and get prepared and just understand you're going to have to, if you're really going to go to the market and you're not going to sell to your buddy down the street that also is a single guy doing insurance, you've got to do some homework and get yourself figured out. You mentioned your age at the time of acquisition. Would you recommend that right. folks look into this earlier yeah. in the process? Yeah. It's a lot. It's a very, very emotional trip. It's almost more emotional than starting. And because you've got, I just celebrated 44 years. You've got three and four decades of your legacy and your hard work and your three o'clock hours in the morning that you're still sitting up and typing spreads, et cetera, et cetera, at stake. And your family is at risk. Your clients are at risk. You want to make sure that you're protecting your employees, your clients, and your family. And it doesn't hurt to start earlier. Not at all. Because the longer you wait, the more likely something's going to happen. Medical issues surface. It's going to make it harder. Nobody's going to buy you if you have a medical issue and you can't fulfill the three-year required limit to be on the job or whatever the terms of those buyout are. So just start your thinking earlier. So the consultant helped a great deal. In addition to that, how was the actual acquisition period? How did it go? Obviously, we just mentioned the amount of homework that it took to lead up. And just to give you an example, our consultant had made arrangements for us to interview 10 different agencies within three days. They would all fly into Lubbock. We would meet at a hotel and then have any follow-up. So it was brutal. <laughs> we had inquiries from multiple other local and regional folks that wanted to partner as well. So once we got through all that process, again, with the prep time with the consultant and then going through all those interviews, that was a good year. And then comes the hard decisions of narrowing it down to two or three. And then comes several months of back and forth, back and forth, asking questions and this kind of thing. Once we signed, the first year was pretty hard. There's a lot of change. And you've got to understand that when you make these decisions, you've got to move payroll, you've got to move employees, you've got to change the rules, benefits are going to change. Every single tiny operational detail that you do intuitively all day, every day changes. And most times that's going to occur in the first 30, 60, 90 days. Banking, for example, changing of commission statements, changing all your contracts. We were a multi-line agency, so we had all the PNC stuff to deal with as well, which was a whole different conversation. It takes time to get all that ironed out. And it was probably two or three years before we got all the carriers sending commission statements to the right spot for the right reason and the right names. I mean, it was crazy. I was curious about the process when narrowing down the agencies during that year. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, this is your business that you and your husband ran for so long. I'm sure you had. You were looking for very specific things in an agency that would acquire you. So I'm curious what those factors were. Really good question. Culture had a lot to do with it, a ton to do with it. Compliance training and opportunities for our producers and staff had a ton to do with it. 
But that's one of the big things that we wanted to protect is give better opportunities, we hoped, to our staff and producers. I was trying to run the agency, be a producer, and you get to a point in life where you realize you're doing a lot halfway. So it was really time to bring in the big guns and get some help. Or our teams were not going to excel, have the opportunity to excel the way we hoped that they would. So opportunities for our staff, obviously, how long they wanted us to work, all those kinds of questions came into play on narrowing down. But culture was a huge part of it. And bottom line, one of the reasons we went with Gallagher was because they started out like we did. They started out 90-some-odd years ago as a mom-and-dad insurance agency. It was very clear the difference in culture with all of the agencies that we talked to. One agency just admitted that they were going to purchase us, roll us up, and then sell off in three years. No go. We're not going to do it to our clients. There's no way. <laughs> you know, so that was out the door instantly. So you just learn to listen and pay attention. The individuals that come to talk to you, the individuals that have joined that firm, you talk to them. What was it like to go through it for you? How many years did it take to adjust? How do you feel about it now in hindsight? We had many, many conversations like that to narrow it down. But culture was an absolute huge part of it because that was going to tell us how much our clients were going to be protected because we did not want to walk out the door and abandon them or abandon 40 years of work or abandon our reputation. That just, we couldn't live with that. Absolutely. Aside from anything that you've said already, is there anything else that you wish that you had considered before the acquisition occurred that you would recommend that any listeners take into consideration themselves? Good question. A couple of things that we did do, we asked a million questions. The things that I had mentioned previously about timing of changes with contracts and banking and all those kinds of things were kind of a surprise. I wished I had asked that just so that I knew what to expect. Because the stress level with people coming at me requesting to do things that I didn't expect was overwhelming. And I would sure just secondarily, don't do this during fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pass out. <laughs> because there's just a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of mechanics. We did everything we could to try to be as detailed as we could with questions. There's been changes since we were acquired, but we've had a pandemic. We owned a building and Gallagher leased the office space from us for a few years. And then the pandemic hit and we were all sent home and every large company in the world starts downsizing. So then all of a sudden we are stuck with a 10,000 square foot building trying to sell. So that was challenging. Some of these things that changed, there's just no way you could anticipate. But I would recommend, in addition to the normal questions of how long do we joint logo, understanding clearly going into the acquisition, you're going to be giving away your bookkeeping and your accounting to home office people or regional people to do that. So bluntly, you're probably going to have some staff at risk. Part of the purpose of all of this is efficiencies. And so you need to know 100% going into the acquisition, who's at risk and what's going to have to happen. As far as items to recommend to listeners, get yourself a really good attorney. I don't care how small the buyout is. We've seen so many people have situations go south because they did a handshake, which is sad because a handshake should be just as good as a contract used to be. But get yourself a good attorney because you can bet your bottom dollar that the other guy does. 
get everything in writing, anything that might be questionable that you want to protect that may or may not be part of a, a larger operation, get it in writing, get it part of the buyout or get a separate document, but get anything and everything that you question and you want to have protected that has been agreed to in writing. And just do your level best to think of everything you can think of to ask and ask over and over and over again. And ask of the two or three top agencies that you've got so that your answers are consistent and gives you the opportunity to really evaluate which one ultimately is going to be the best bet. And by the way, we did not go with the top offer, not even close. The top offer was to roll it up and sell us off. At some point, you've got to live with yourself on this deal, <laughs> just the way we were raised. This is really good advice. You mentioned the handshake. You know, people who they shook hands on a deal, but they didn't sign it. So then the actual yep. final deal wasn't. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. We even had some clients that sold and it was a handshake deal. And they, oh, yeah, 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 we're going to protect you. And the very first thing they did was come in and take the owner and put him in the basement, start firing people. You know, you, you see that and you're just sick. Yeah, definitely important to have an attorney on your side. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell folks that we haven't already discussed before we conclude today? A couple of things, which I think you can tell from the thread of the conversation so far. When you're making your final decision, you need to really dig deep on your capacity not to be the boss, to let it go, which is tough after multiple decades, but also find a home where you feel great about being part of a bigger team and you feel great about the additional items and things and services and skills that can be brought to your clients. And you need to be honest with yourself about how long you want to work. We know of a lot of people that will go through an acquisition and they'll work that three-year earnout and then they're done. That obviously has not been the case with me. <laughs> Secondarily, the economy right now is making it very, very tough for individuals in our age bracket to retire because you're scared to death because you're seeing all of your lifelong savings drop like a stone. So it's a scary deal to walk away from an income. Yeah. But really looking in the mirror and figuring out how you define yourself and how you define your future commitments and balance that with the goals with retirement, the travel, you know, being with kids, doing crazy things that you didn't feel like you could do early on. There's so much of an emotional ride on all of this, but that is a very big part, at least to me and Will. That was a very big part of our decision making, how long we worked and what we wanted to get out of it. But you're going to have to be willing to let go. I did a whole lot better than I thought I was going to do. <laughs> but understanding that you're going to have to figure out how you define yourself in a different environment where you're not the lead duck. It is now time for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So, Beth, who are we toasting to this week? I am toasting to our NABIP CEO, Janet Troutwine. She, after 26 years, has built this association into something that is absolutely incredible. I know for a fact from all my years on Ledge Council and the board that we have moved mountains. And there's a lot of newbies, as you mentioned, that come to Capital Conference that don't know that we've moved mountains, but we have. Nobody can come up to me and say my vote doesn't matter because I know better. I know different. I know that we've got individual people that talk to individual regulators and can change one or two words that make a huge difference in how things play out. And I want to kudo her, the hard work of all of the people that have put in to make this association what it is. But kudos to you, Janet, for your 26 years. Cheers. 
thank you for joining us for NAPIP's Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nabip.org.